successes, but also some new ones. Just better grab my notes. Thanks, hon. Yeah, I'll grab the Bible. Thanks, Dean. Awesome. Now that Dean's put himself um, in my mind, <laughs> be praying for Dean. Actually, he has surgery coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, and he'll be having um, a few months, probably a few weeks to a few months off youth uh, while he just recovers from that. And uh, as Josh was saying and Ruby was saying, youth's just going off. So pray for the team that I know they'll rise and strengthen as Dean has time off and pray for Dean and Rosie um, as they come up to that. Maybe we'll actually pray for you later, Dean, or maybe even next week in church. But yeah, God's moving. So uh, Josh and I are excited to be sharing this morning on what we feel God is saying to us for the year ahead on the, I guess, the vision for the church. Some of you have probably heard this many times because it's very similar to um, the vision that God put on our heart from the beginning a few years ago. So um, if that is you and you've heard it a few times, I hope God continues to stir your heart as we go over it. But perhaps there's those here who have never heard it and we um, are conscious that there's new people in the church. There's those who maybe have never been to church and we want to make it clear what we're about. Um, And Again, we articulate this throughout the year in different ways, but this morning is just a way of making it simple, plain, clear, and outlining it all afresh. Okay, so Josh and I are both going to share this morning, so I won't dilly-dally, and I will say that um, I suffer from migraines from time to time, and I actually had one yesterday. So if I'm a little bit dopey, we're going to blame it on the migraine, because I'm not, I'm not dopey at all otherwise. Um, Yes, but it's good. I'm glad I could still be here this morning. What was that? What did someone say? (laughs) Uh, I was ducks in my school. (laughs) Um, Anyway, okay, bring it back, bring it back. Um, So we have a mission statement as a church. I'm going to start with this. And under that, we have three points or uh, three reasons we exist as a church. So the first one is to break down the walls between the church and the community. That's our heart. And who knows, unfortunately, there is walls that are often in between the church, us and the community, whether it's walls that the church has put up in general, whether through um, distrust, um, greed, child abuse, religion, you know, there's probably things that the church as a whole has done that haven't helped people connect with the church. And our heart is to see those walls broken down in terms of this church. We want to build a church that reflects the heart of God, that can be trusted. Um, And that is glorious and magnificent um, in essence, that so much so that people are actually drawn to what God is doing here and not pushed away. And that is our heart for HCC. And then often, I guess on top of that, not only is there walls that the church in general has put up between people, but also people often have their own walls in their own hearts. I don't know about you, but how many people have you spoken to who have said to you, oh, I can't, couldn't ever come to church, the roof would fall in, or God would never want me, or do you know what I mean? People just have walls and barriers, unfortunately. So there's a lot to break through in terms of making sure that people know they're welcome here and that they're accepted and the doors are always open. And I've probably grown up thinking that that's common knowledge. People know the church is for everyone, but it's not always true. Even this week, um, the past weeks, Josh will probably share more about this, but a couple of different friends in Josh and I's life just talking about church and I don't know how we got onto the subject and they said, oh, am I allowed to come to church? And I'm like, yes. And they said, sure, I'm allowed to come. I'm like, of course you are. That's why we're here. So I guess sometimes we um, take for granted that people might not know they're welcome. So may we always be, I guess, articulating that and making sure people in our worlds know that. All right, so... Um, 
Yeah, and if church was just like a club for Christians, which I think is what some people think it is, um, it'd be so boring. Hey, it's definitely not our heart. We want to be inclusive. Uh, Welcome everyone in here. All right, so how do we see the walls between the church and the community broken down? I do think um, you as a church are actually really pretty good at this. Um, I know Josh and I, we've seen it over the last year and years. You guys are seeing the walls broken down between the church and the community in your own lives, in our youth ministry, our kids' ministry, and just out there. May we continue to do that. But I just want to say on this that it's kind of a side note but connected. Um, Josh and I are overly conscious that church can be weird, like quite weird for new people. And if you're here this morning and you might be thinking, this is weird, and we absolutely understand you. I think it is weird too um, at times. And I encourage you, or maybe not, all, maybe not at times, maybe all the time it's weird. Um, and I want to encourage you to hang in there. It often makes more sense as you go, or it might make less sense, actually. I don't know. I think as you walk with God, maybe it does make less sense. Um, but hopefully one thing's for sure for you, if you are new, Um, I hope that the longer you're here, the more you feel at home and the more you know that God loves you and the more you know there's a purpose for your life and the more you know there's something more than meets the eye to this earth. And I guess that's our heart. The rest of the Christianity, the ins and outs, what we believe in, that could all make sense in time. Just enjoy being here, I would say. Um, But following on from this, um, how reassuring that even though church can be a little bit weird and maybe not always how we would have it, um, that God can speak for himself in spite of that. Now, to be completely honest, let's just say this is years and years ago. There's been mornings in church where I'm like, whoa, that worship segment was a little bit religious, or that communion talk made no sense, or I lost the plot when I was speaking, and I'm sure that everyone's just confused. There's been mornings where I'm just like, oh, the poor new people, they just must think we're, we're a bunch of weirdos, and like, they're going like, to walk out the door and never come back at their first opportunity. Um, but time and time again, every time I think this, I'll go up to someone after church and say, how did you enjoy the service? And they'll be like, I loved it. It was so good. It's exactly what I needed to hear. And often with tears in their eyes, and I'll be like, oh, thank goodness. God is so able to minister to people beyond what our infinite minds can construct. And um, there's just been, and again, I'll hear testimonies of people the same. Oh, my friend just loved church. And I was just thinking, oh my gosh, it was such a bad service. But people don't see it like that. Um, I know Carl Lentz has said the same. He's the minister, the senior minister of the Hillsong New York Church. He said once, Josh will probably share this story better than me, so just yell out if I get it wrong. He invited 10 friends to church. Yeah. And he was really excited to have them all in church, all his closest mates. They were sitting up the front, and he said, similar, it was the weirdest service. People started speaking in tongues. The message made no sense. What was wrong with the worship? Just the music, everything was off. And at the end, when someone offered salvation, Carl was like, there goes my opportunity. I've just had my 10 friends and that's just lost. And he said every single one of them put up their hand. They wanted to follow Jesus. <laughs> and again, I just think God is so well able to draw people to himself. He loves people more than we do. So I just want to encourage us church to not limit, um, I guess, God and not um, have our eyes fixed on the wrong things. And yes, excellence is important and heart is important. And we want to be excellent because we want to reflect the heart of God is a generous, abundant God. But perfection in that isn't the goal. And if the music's a bit off or we forget things, it's cool. God will minister in spite. And um, so I guess I'm saying the way to break down the walls between the church and the community isn't perfection. It's not the method It's not having everything necessarily tight and polished here on a Sunday morning. I mean, that's a good thing, but it's not what is going to cut it in terms of reaching people necessarily. Um, Having said that, uh, when I said that um, things can get a bit creepy, doesn't mean you can bring your flags and tambourines next week. (laughs) Um, 
sorry. Uh, so if it's not about that, if it's not about whether we're creepy or whether we're perfect or whatever it is, um, what is it about? It's about the message we carry with our lives, and I'm sure you all would know that. It's about our relationship with others. Um, this speaks louder than anything we can pull together on a Sunday morning, and it goes beyond these four walls. Whereas what happens here on a Sunday morning only goes so far, the message, the worship, it's great, and it impacts us, and it transforms our lives, but it transforms our lives so that we can just take it out of these four walls. Um, but, yeah, we go out. The message of our lives goes out of these four walls, whereas what happens here on a Sunday morning doesn't necessarily. And, obviously, in terms of breaking down the walls between the church and the community, as I said, it's the message of our lives. It's about relationship. And, ultimately, it's about the heart of God. That's how we see the walls broken down, by sharing the heart of God. And how do we do that with our lives, um, with relationship? And Matthew 5.13, which our awesome AV man Jed might put up in the message. This is our vision verse, which we've had for many years. And, you know, Josh and I, as we've been praying about Vision Sunday, we were trying to pray and seek God. And we met with our team and started to nut out some more condensed vision statements. We love eventually to have a one-sentence vision statement. We couldn't settle on anything yet. Josh is going to share a little bit about some of the stuff God spoke to us about. But So we're sticking with this for now, and it really does sum it up well, and it fits into what I'm saying here. It says, Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Um, Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, be on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. I love this part. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And And that is just our heart. That is our vision for us as HCC, that we would continue to open up our lives, be generous, be sold and light, which is just bringing the colour and the flavour of God into the world. And we don't even need to, like, we don't need to prove it because it's already happening as you guys are doing that. People are being drawn to God, and that's beautiful. May we continue to do it, and we couldn't say it better than what that verse does. So, yeah, that's... If you say church, you might be like, so what's my part in breaking down the walls between the church and the community? It's exactly what I just said. Be generous, love God, love people, be real, be vulnerable, share your life, and um, God will do the rest. And can I encourage us to just to let go of striving for perfection or even trying to control how you think God might move in someone's life? I actually feel like God just wants to say to us, just relax and like let it all go and God is ministering we're in a season and take the pressure off yourself I guess God has a plan to connect people with him that's far better than we could ever construct and it says in Isaiah 50 what was it five that God's ways are higher his plans are so much greater than ours okay all right so that's the first mission statement to break down the walls between the church and the community. Got it? Simple. Let's keep doing that. And um, obviously our heart is that everyone would feel welcome here. The second mission statement is to help people grow and flourish. Um, Simple as that. And I just want to say in regards to this that our heart um, to see people connected into church um, or into relationship with God Our heart isn't just to do that so that we can say, oh, look, our church is growing or because we want to um, indoctrinate you. Um, Our heart is actually to see people connected in to 
God and church in this because we know that it will help you grow and flourish in our heart is to see people grow and flourish. And who knows that our world is hurting and society is broken and probably we're in. There's many of us here who are broken and hurting. And um, as I was preparing, I was just looking up some things about society and, you know, it breaks my heart to know that 45% of people in Australia will struggle with a mental health condition in their lifetime and that any in any one year, um, one million adults will have depression and over two million adults have anxiety within Australia. Um, it breaks my heart to know that one in four young Australians experience a mental health condition and that suicide is the biggest killer of young Australians. Um, it breaks our heart that over 200,000 kids in Australia each year are suspected to be living in abusive or harmful home situations, that is, living with domestic violence, and that these figures are steadily increasing year by year. Breaks my heart to know that one in three Australian women have experienced violence, some sort of violence from the age of 15, uh, and that one on average woman dies each week at the hands of her partner or an ex-partner. She's killed by him. Um, it breaks my heart to know there's people around us whose marriages are struggling, who have no hope for the future, who are overcome with financial hardship or crippled with illness, and that there are those who might feel even there's no point in living anymore. As I said, society and people are hurting, and they're just crying for the answers, and I know we serve a God who has the answers, and I know the church holds the answer also. And I understand that not everybody in our worlds would face the aforementioned, um, issues, but we do all certainly have our battles, whether we're walking with God or not, whether we're in church or not, we all have our battles and we're certainly no better off um, than anyone else. I know I've had my battles with physical ailments, as I said, migraines and certain illnesses and thyroid things, um, so just because I know God doesn't mean he, everything's perfect, unfortunately. Um, I know Josh and I are working on issues in our marriage, again, we're not perfect, we're working through things and... Um, I've had issues with panic attacks in the past. And as I said, our family is far from perfect. But, and you guys know what the but is, I said it before, but God, we know a God who um, sees us, who cares what we're going through. We know a God who has carried us through our darkest hours. We know a God who has shown us the way ahead and shown us how to flourish when we haven't known which way was up and if we'd ever get out of the season we were in. And that is why we're so passionate about seeing people grow and flourish because we know that people are looking for answers and we know the one who has helped us do that. Um, yeah, God's the only reason we're still here and standing. God's blessed us so much. And I know the reason Josh and I are doing this, what we're doing, because we want to share that with others. We're passionate about just passing it on. We've been so blessed and we don't want to just stop it at us. And I'm just going to read this verse from the Message Bible, Ephesians 1. I just think it sums up what God has done so well. It's kind of long, but um, yeah, Ephesians 1. It's um, actually, I'm not going to read that part, Pat. I'm going even earlier. It's in the message, so I don't know what verse it is, but it looks about five or something. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people. Another benefit of knowing God. Free of, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need. Letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ 
a long-range plan in which everything will be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. I just think that's beautiful. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. And again, that's why we want to share God with the world around us, because I know people will discover what they're living for as they connect with God. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you once, you heard the truth and believed it, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God is the first instalment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. Um, And then it says, um, that's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus and the outpouring of love to all Christians, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I think of you and give thanks, but I do more than that. I ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do and grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for Christians. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. And I love that. Yes, we have battles, but oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us. Endless energy, boundless strength. And I just think if you don't know that, may that continue to be unlocked in your life and obviously we're passionate about connecting people with God because of those benefits and everything I've described. God is amazing. He's carried us. He sees. He always walks with us through our darkest hour. But following on from that, we're also passionate about the church as God's vehicle for actually um, sharing his love. And um, yeah, we're passionate about the church because we want to see people connected with God, not because we want to push a Christian agenda but because we care about you and we want to help you grow and flourish and want to help those in our worlds grow and flourish and I do love you here at the end how it says um, something about um, may you grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life or something along those lines it talks about may God continue to reveal his plans and I just think I'm so passionate about the church and um Josh and I are so passionate about the church, and I know that many of you in here may also be, but I think God wants to stir our heart in an even greater way. May we continue to grasp just the incredible, glorious plan God has for us as individuals, but also for his church. And um, I'm going to continue reading on this same verse. It finishes it off perfectly, talking about the church. It says, All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever, he's in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. At the centre of all this, Christ rules the church. And again, I love at the centre of everything God is doing, it's the church and Christ in the centre. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. So how amazing that, yes, the world is a dark place, but the church is what God wants to use to fill the whole earth with his presence. And I've shared that verse before because I love it. Uh, but I just think it says it so perfectly. Okay. And... <laughs> If you're new here this morning, you might be thinking, what is the presence of God? Because it says there that God wants to fill the whole earth with his presence. It is just God. Um, it's him. You can't see it, but you can feel him. And, you know, sometimes in worship when you feel that nice, peaceful feeling or you just feel that sweetness 
that's the presence of God, I believe, um, ministering and just hanging around um, with us. And it's his presence that transforms us, our community, our nation. And as this verse said, it's the church. That is the vehicle God wants to use to fill the earth with his presence. And as great as education and politics are, I think it's the love of God that transforms a nation and transforms a life. It's not necessarily those things. And it's the church against which the very gates of hell cannot prevail, which says that in Matthew 16, 18. I also love that verse. I think we've got that. Um, All right. So back to growing and flourishing. It's the church. It's our relationship with God. That's how we grow and flourish. And that's our heart um, to see you grow and flourish. That's why we're here. But on a practical level, how do we equip you guys to grow and flourish? And how can you grow and flourish in a greater way? Four quick points under this second mission statement. The first one is ministering one to another. We grow and flourish in life by ministering one to another. We challenge one another. We encourage one another. Um, That's the whole family thing. We're the family of God, you know, and we make each other better. We're better together. And we can bring the truth to each other in love, etc. Secondly, um, we have small groups, which is just an extension of ministering one to another, but in a more intimate setting. And, you know, some of the things I've been talking about, you know, Christianity, Jesus, God, some of those basic things were actually Dean Clark. Where is Dino? Just up the back there in front of the Heart for Mission poster. Um, We're going to be launching an alpha course soon. I've mentioned this before, but if you are interested in just going over the basics or you know someone who would love that, please see Dean. And again, it's a great way to grow, um, flourish, and also just um, get in a group and have some fun talking about the things of God. So see Dean. Small groups, and see Dean if you want to be involved in a small group, full stop. Third way that we grow and flourish is through church. It's what we do here on a Sunday. And yes, we come here to thank and honour God. Um, And the church is here, as I said, to actually fill the community and the places around us with his presence. But one of the primary purposes of the church is to help you grow and flourish. It's here to build into you the message the music, everything, the community, the connection, everything we do here is to point into you guys so that you can grow and flourish and take it out of these four walls. And fourth point, how do we grow and flourish? It's by serving. Um, I really think this is a key to helping us grow and flourish in life. And yes, we serve our families and we serve our husbands and our wives and we serve our kids, we serve in our workplace, but there's something really powerful about serving in the house of God. And I don't have time. That's a whole message in itself. I'm not going to bang on about that. But the Bible is very clear about the importance of serving and serving one another. So if you're looking for the next step in growth and you're not yet serving, see Tom, who's out at creche serving, um, but... Get involved. I know I've grown so much from serving and um, the benefits speak for itself. So I'm not going to bang on about that, as I said. All right, I'm almost there. Is everyone still with me? Yep, Josh, are you just going to sleep? It's probably like the fifth time you've heard this. (laughs) Keep practicing on him. All right, so um, mission statement number three, which is the last one. Uh, It's to reach a broken world. And, you know, the above really covered this. I said there's people in our world who are hurting far and near. And... Uh, our heart as a church is to do whatever is in our power to help these people. Whether it's in our own community, we can actually get out there and love people. Whether it's overseas and we can't actually physically be with them, but we can financially give and we can pray. And our Heart for Missions board up there has some of the fields we support. We'll unpack them more on our Heart for Missions Sunday. Um, But I won't go into greater detail now. And to be honest, church, I really do feel... 
um, in terms of the mission statement, breaking down the walls between the church and the community, helping people grow and flourish and reaching a broken world. I think you do that superbly as a church. I don't think that I'm coming here to say, you need to do this better. I think you do it amazingly. And this is just a reminder that this is what we're doing. This is what we're here for. Let's continue doing it because we're seeing uh, incredible fruit and it's God's got us on the right path. Let's continue. There is one area I think we can grow in as a church that's related to this, but I'm going to leave that for next week. I think we're going to have Vision Sunday part two, so I can allow Josh some time. So you have to come next week to see what that area is. But I do just want to say one thing um, to finish. As we continue to reach a broken world and help people grow and flourish and break down the walls between the church and the community, we recognise the need for an upgrade in our facilities. And you know, we've been talking about this for a while and we've been praying about it and we've been talking with our national office and it's a really lengthy process, just getting the approval and getting everything sorted. Um, So hopefully we'll be able to actually get some of that rolling soon. But as the walls between the church and the community do break down, and they are, you'll notice that there's more people coming in. 77 kids at youth on Friday, five salvations. I know there's been up to 50 kids in our kids' ministry. I know there's been lots of beautiful families who are coming into the church. And that is exactly what we're here for, to welcome people in, to welcome them home. But our facilities aren't really up to scratch yet in terms of catering for greater increase in these areas. The youth um, are sometimes at capacity here on a Friday night. They really need two halls, and they really need a youth hall that's better suited to youth. So it's in the plans to have a youth hall or two. It's in the plans to have greater kids' church facilities so that when all these lovely people are coming into our church, our facilities say you're valued and you're worth it and you're a priority and we actually care about you and your family and we want to make you feel at home here. And that is our heart. So I just want to say in terms of um, these are the things we're doing and we recognise that this is the next step to actually allowing for increase, um, to increasing our capacity and our effectiveness in being able to do these three mission statements and um, ultimately increasing our capacity to impact a generation and our community. Cool. Um, And I'll share more on that next week. But how nice to have a beautiful church that we can welcome people into that reflects the heart of God. And in essence, I just think in the coming year, we're going to be welcoming a lot more people into this place. And um, yeah, we want to be ready for that. Okay, over to Josh now. Let's give him a hand as he comes. Cool. Thanks, Sarah. That was good, hey? Good to be reminded of part of the reason why as a church we exist. Okay. We're all awake. We're all good. Don't need to stand up, anyone. And that, cool, ready to go. Right, our mind's only two pages, so Sarah's was nine or something like that. So, and that, which normally two pages is real long for me. And that, I hate typing. Um, cool. So, so since last year, Sarah and I have been just praying and asking and seeking God for this year ahead for our lives, but as a church as well. And, um, and particularly, what is he saying for Highway Church for 2017? And, and, you know, how are we to build the church? How are we to build the kingdom? What's the plan for us here? And um, we just kept coming back to everything we read, every book we picked up and read, and, and um, just kept coming back to the birth, to Acts 2, you know, the birth of the church, what the early church looked like, how the church should look like. Um, so I just encourage you people to read Acts 2 if you get a chance. Go home and read it. It's an amazing verse. It talks about how, um, yeah, how the church was birthed and, and all of that. And it's just a, a cool passage of Scripture. But I'm just going to read a bit of it now. So I'm going to read 
um, Acts 2, obviously, 42 to 47. Um, cool, 42, just somewhere in here. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Hang on, is this? Yeah, this is it. Everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That was a different version to what I read last night. Um, but um, I, just, I just love this image of, of people coming together, meeting in the one place. Signs and wonders occurred. They shared everything. They gave to those who needed. They met daily. They ate together. They shared meals. Um, in the NLT it says they shared meals together in joy, in great joy, and did it generously. All the while they were praising God and enjoying each other's company. You know, that's one to another. And then it says, and in the NLT it says, and daily the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You know, they added to their fellowship, they added to the house, they added to the community those who were being saved. You know, that's what I want our church to look like. A church that is seeing people add da- people to the kingdom daily. A church that just... This is so generous with their lives that are opening up, you know, that verse that Sarah read before, open up this generous Father in heaven. As we open our lives, as we open our homes, it causes God to come in. And, that, and you know, that's, that's what I'm passionate about. A church that is open and generous, who laugh and cry together to share everything, open lives, and but most importantly, to see people added daily. This has to, if you're a believer, this has to get you passionate. People being added to the kingdom daily. This is what needs to excite you. Um, you know, Peter Poffero, he's from the lead pastor from the Quippers Church in London. I saw it was that once asked, how do we show people to Jesus? He says to show them how good our life, with, our life is with Jesus, to show off. We do this by being an Acts 2 church through community. You know, and that's, that's what we see the vision for this year is to be an Acts 2 church, to, to just be open, to be generous um, to people. You know, and as we think and plan for this year, um, the two words that kept going through our heads, the two words that just, just kept going around and around that we couldn't shake, that we, we don't want to shake, it gets us super excited for um, and it's what we're feeling God's saying to focus on for this year. Uh, two simple words is welcome home. Um, you know, and Acts 2 church is open arm, inclusive of everyone, every people group. You know, and Acts... Nine, Acts 2, 9, verse 11. I'll just read it from there. You got that, Jettles? Per, oh, man. Periphians, Meadows, and Lemonites, residents of... This is the normally stuff you skip over. Mesopotamia. Um, what? That sounds like some sort of disease. Mesopotamia. Judea and that... Capit, yep. Pontus and Asia. I can read that one. That one and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Syria and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Cretans, are they Cretans? <laughs> That's disgusting. And Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our tongues. You know, there's a lot of people 
Yeah, that's the verse. Um, but what was I saying? You know, it's every people group, every type of, you know, words that you can't even say, people coming, worshipping, fellowshipping together. And, you know, it goes on to say that 3,000 of those people who were gathered that day were added to the church. You know, every people group. You know, it's not just for some. It's not just for these type of people. It's for everyone. You know, welcome home, Jesus is saying. John 4, Jesus shows us what it is to be inclusive. And I guess like this verse kind of paves a way for the openness of the church to begin, opens the door for Acts 2 to happen. So I'm just going to read John 4, 4 to 20. There's a lot of scripture coming. Here we go. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sisha, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus... Tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his son and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five husbands and the man you have is not your own, your husband, but... What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me. Is that a bit rude? Like saying woman. Uh, If I call Sarah a woman, I get in trouble. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship a father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship... What you do not know, we worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to, to us. That's weird. And Jesus declared, I, the one, speaking to you, I am he. Cool. How, how amazing is that passage of Scripture? And I, I love it. And I'll read a little bit more from John 4 in a moment. Um, but I just, like, I just love Jesus' example here. He talks to a woman he's not meant to be talking to. You know, he, he goes across that cultural difference. And, and I just love that. He's breaking down that wall between people. Um, you know, and, and he talks to her, and, you know, that's called grace. He, speak, he speaks clearly into her life. He doesn't judge her. He just says the facts and, and reveals himself to her. And um, if we go on to read in 39 
to, to 42. Many of the Samaritans from the town beloved, believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. You know, because of this, because Jesus cross-cultural difference, or however you say it, bar- cultural barriers, we saw many saved. And, and it shows that, it, that this faith that we live is not about the few, but it's about everyone. You know, everyone is welcome home, even a Samaritan woman who Jesus wasn't talk, supposed to talk to. She was welcome into his kingdom, you know. And, and you know, sadly, and he didn't, like, he didn't talk down to her. He just talked to her. And, um, you know, sadly the church, like and the world church, in situations like this, puts themselves above people. You know, thinking because we are saved that we are better or something like that. Like, it's so stupid. Therefore, putting that wall up between the, you know, they start, that's how we start putting the wall up between the church and the community. You know, we're all sinners. We're no better than anyone else. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, people within the church who have walked with God for a long period of time do, do that. They put themselves, they, they judge people for their sin or whatever. You know, this is called religion and it stinks. And it, and it does a heap of damage. But really, the more we walk with Jesus, the more aware of his grace we should become. You know, when, when we're aware of God's grace, then we're able to come to, into people's level and, and know that we're all equal and know that what we've come from and know how God saved us. You know, the only difference between us and the people of the world is we have Jesus. Like, we're still sinners. We still stuff up. You know, without him, we're nothing kind of thing. So um, may we just always, you know, may we just be always reminded of that so that we don't fall into that trap of religion. You know, um, I had the last... Sarah shared earlier a bit about people coming to our lives and saying, Are you wel- am I welcome to church? Like this last week, week or two at church, I had two separate occasions and I don't know really how um, we came about talking about church and that. But I think it was like one of the stories was, I was just like, oh, what's the plans for the weekend? And, and he was telling me how, like he was looking to get some drugs and all that. So it was just a really positive thing. And I'm like, cool, like... He goes, well, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm not really sure. I just know I've got church on Sunday. And that. And he's like, oh, would I be welcome at your church? And I'm like, yeah, why not? And he's like, but, like, why? Like, and, he, and he couldn't fathom that because he came from a religious background that he wasn't allowed welcome at another church. And because of the life he lived, he wasn't. And I'm like, man, like, of course you're welcome. Everyone's welcome. I go. Come on, like, um, you're welcome. And then another, another time he's... Um, we, I don't know how I got talking to this other person about church and they're like, I couldn't come to church. Like the old typical, the, the roof will fall on me, what I've done. And I'm like, no, church is exactly for you. Come. Like, so I'm praying that they're coming and, and you know, that's what exactly church be is. Come as you are. You know, we're all sinners. We're all stuffed up. We've all done wrong. We've all walked our journeys in life and that when no one's no better than anyone. So, Everyone's welcome. Come along. And, and even um, Sarah Wanga, Sarah was telling me about, she had a conversation with someone this morning inviting their um, son to come and play with Knox at church. And um, she's like, oh, I've been meaning to ask, am I allowed to come to church? It's like, like, I don't know where these perceptions come from, but like something needs to be broken that 
everyone's welcome. We as a church need to be doing something, saying you're welcome to church. doesn't matter where you're at. You're welcome. Like it has to stir us up. The people are welcome. It, it pees me off, to put it lightly, that when people say that they're not welcome, like why do they think this? Um, you know, and I think we as a church at Highway do this really well. We focus and, um, yeah, we... Yeah, we welcome people really well, but this year that's what we feel the focus on. Welcome home. People are welcome here. Doesn't matter what your background is, you're welcome. We need to let people know that God loves them, that we love them, and they're more welcome to be a part of this family. So welcome home. I'm going to finish with this. Yeah, she didn't take the bit of paper out. It's from Ephesians 1, 3 to 6 in the message. Where are we? How blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundation, he had us in mind. How cool is that? Had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his, by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift, giving by hand of his beloved son. You know, everyone's welcome into the house of God, into the family. Cool. I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes, bow their heads for a moment. And, um, you know, if you're here for the first time, if you've never been in church, welcome. We trust that you had a a good time um, and it wasn't too weird for you. Um, But, you know, this, this life that we walk with, that we walk with Jesus is just um, the most amazing life I can imagine. It has its ups and downs, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. And um, I know when the day I asked Jesus into my life to, to walk with him, this, this emptiness in my life, I became whole, I became full. And I'd love to offer that to you today. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, um, we're just going to take a few moments. And if that's you, why don't you raise your hand and I'd love to pray with you. And then we'll get on with the rest of the service. Rightio. Well, I'm just going to pray, and if you want to repeat after me. Father God, I just thank you for the God that you are. I thank you that you chose your son to die for us. To take all our sins upon the cross. Lord, and today, I ask you into my life. I choose to do life with you. I'm sorry for doing it on my own. And I just ask you into my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we give God a hand, one person, ask God into their life today. How awesome is that? You know, it says that heaven rejoices over the one, so we should as well. But Sarah's is going to come up and wrap it up, and then we're going to sing a praise song. Awesome. Let's stand. We're just going to sing. And like Josh said, um, that one person just became a part of God's family. That's what salvation is about. So this year... May it be our message, our heart cry, our theme, whatever we want to call it. It's to welcome people home. That's what we're doing. Wide open arms. And um, that's what we're on mission to do. So I thank you, God. We just commission this church afresh. 
to get out of these four walls. And I thank you that we will see the walls between the church and the community broken down. And we will see people growing and flourishing and reach a broken world. But ultimately, I thank you for 2017. It's going to be a year of welcoming people home into your house, into your family. I thank you for all the broken, the hurting, the lost, those who just feel like they don't know which way is up. I thank you. You're drawing them to yourself, God. And we look forward in advance to welcoming these people into your love and your hope. We thank you. It's going to be a phenomenal year. And I thank you for this phenomenal church. May you continue to bless them as they are on mission. And we just thank you that the best is yet to come. Amen. Thank